Hey everyone, what's good? It's your girl Naisha, the hip hop therapist. How are you? I hope all is well. Welcome to episode three of Hip Hop Therapy. Thank you if you've been rocking with me since the first episode. I appreciate y'all. And thank you to everyone who gave me feedback on the last episode, uh, Good Times Styles P, the marijuana episode. So in the future, there'll be more episodes on addiction, and that'll be coming very soon. Uh, Just a brief FYI about this podcast. Um, When I talk about certain things like addiction or certain mental health disorders, I want to bring out a little bit of the history of it before I get into what I'm talking about. Uh, So it may get a bit academic, but I still want to keep it relatable for y'all and make sure I'm explaining things so that you understand because I want y'all to come from this learning something new, right? And again, I know I've been away for a while. I am so sorry. Man, I owe y'all. I have to Amazon Prime these next few episodes, okay? Um, But, you know, I've been going through some things and I've also switched up the order of some of my topics. Um, We're going to be going deeper into more complex mental health diagnoses and uh, more complex social concepts. And I wanted to talk about bipolar disorder and do an episode that focused on a certain controversial rapper that's diagnosed with that. But I can't really start there until I discuss the basics. So for example, like when you went to school, you didn't start off with calculus and like trigonometry, right? You have to start with the foundation addition, subtraction, multiplication, etc. So I have to start with the foundation. So I'm going to talk about one of the most common mood disorders. So let's talk about depression. So the air has been heavy, y'all. I feel like we're all collectively going through some things. We're in the autumn season, we're getting into the winter and the holiday season, and a lot of people are going to be struggling with seasonal depression. Um, Later on in the video, I'll explain a little bit more on what that is exactly. But y'all, let's let's talk about this mental health shit, uh, because it gets so real, and I want to be honest. I'm sitting here talking to y'all about mental health, and sometimes my mental health be in shambles, y'all. Shambles. Depression has us all in a chokehold, you know, like I feel like depression and anxiety be kicking my ass sometimes. (laughs) And, you know, people who know me personally always ask me, you know, how do you stay so calm? Like you don't let anything upset you or get you angry. Child, a lie. (laughs) Definitely a lie. Um, Sometimes I be freaking out, you know, Um, and going through like my own internal things and appearing like I'm fine. You know, and that can be a gift and a curse sometimes, I guess. But um, the illusion of calmness while having an internal breakdown, you know, and holding that all in and not talking to anybody about it, you know, it does me a disservice uh, at the end of the day. So, um, you know, I hope this conversation and the podcast in general helps you realize, you know, if you could relate to what I'm saying, that you're not alone. And I'm going to talk about different ways that we can cope with that. So I don't want to come across as like an expert who knows it all or who's perfect, very far from it, (laughs) and just someone who has a lot of knowledge about music and mental health as a whole. And I want to help other people understand it. 
So in this episode, I'm going to discuss what is depression. We're going to talk about some signs and symptoms to look out for, including some lesser known signs of depression and different types of depression. I'm also going to talk about race and how other external factors play a part. Finally, we're going to discuss different ways to cope. Trigger warning, I will be briefly discussing suicidal ideation. I'm going to talk about signs to look out for, how to deal with it, and what to say to family or friends that are dealing with suicidal ideation as well. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, y'all, so in my research for this topic, I came across a clip from Will Smith uh, that is relevant, and I want to play it for y'all. Now, um, this I've been working on this episode for a little while, and uh, this part didn't really age so well because I'm like, dang, Will Smith has been talking a lot lately in <laughs> promotion with his book. So I'm like, I don't know if they want to hear more from this dude, <laughs> but uh Let's get right into it. It's a very brief clip from an interview he did from the 90s, and it leads up to the topic. Check it out. Okay, Biggie? Okay. Biggie. Oh, God, I just used Genius for Pac. Biggie. Um, I think Biggie's uh, album, Ready to Die, is an album that should be used in psychology classes. I think it's so, it so brilliantly depicts the the mindset of the 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 urban negro male it's like everything you have every question you ever had about a black man why he feels a certain way about certain situations everything you ever wanted to know you can find between the lines uh, of that album i think it's brilliant y'all so when i heard that i was like yo this is the fucking psychology course on ready to die that y'all have been waiting for <laughs> right Honestly, how dope would that have been if uh, in your college psych class they reference Ready to Die and other like hip-hop albums as like an example? That would have been fire, right? So um, I'm actually not going to discuss the whole album, but there's a particular song that I think applies to everyone and relates to the topic of depression. Uh, there are a lot of different hip-hop songs that talk about depression, but I'm going to talk about a song from one of my faves, a Brooklyn legend, The Notorious B.I.G., so Ready to Die is not only one of my favorite rap albums, it's probably in the top 10 albums for me, period, like across all genres. Um, Biggie weaves pictures beautifully with his words. He's one of the best storytellers in hip hop. And there's so much to draw from the album from a psychological and social commentary standpoint, because he talks about poverty, living in the hood, violence, sexuality, robbery, drug dealing, love, and death. But the song that I chose to discuss today is Everyday Struggle, because I feel like everyone can relate to another day, another struggle. So when he spits, I know how it feels to wake up fucked up, pockets broke as hell, another rock to sell. It's pretty specific to, you know, him talking about drug dealing, um, but I'm going to take his description about drug dealing and use that kind of as a metaphor for the struggle in general life. So you can still relate to it whether they're involved in illegal activities or not. <laughs> we all struggle with stress-filled days, um, mad bills to pay. You know what I'm saying? 
He talks about guilt. He talks about covering up his feelings with alcohol and weed. And he expresses thoughts of depression and wanting to die. So it's a very good intro for this discussion. Is depression and what's the difference between clinical depression and just feeling very sad as we know already life is full of ups and downs joy and pain happiness and sorrow so it's normal for us to feel depressed in life especially following a sad or traumatic experience like the loss of a loved one going through a divorce or a breakup or having financial problems even watching a sad movie But for some people, that sadness stays with you for months or it keeps coming back uh, time and time again. So if you realize that this sadness lasts for more than a few weeks and causes you to struggle with your daily life, you may be suffering from clinical depression. Depression is very common with an estimated about 5% of adults globally affected, which doesn't sound like that much, but that equates to about 280 million people in the world. And a lot of people don't seek help for it for a lot of different reasons. So that's not even counting um, people who are not officially diagnosed. Um, And there are known effective treatments, but as I stated, Uh, A lot of people uh, don't get the help that they need for reasons like lack of resources and the strong social stigma associated with mental health disorders. So what are the causes of depression? Depression is a very complex condition. Uh, The experts don't know exactly what causes it, but it can happen for a variety of reasons. Um, Some of the reasons are, one, biological People with depression appear to have physical changes in their brains. Remember my very first episode where I said trauma can change the brain? The significance of these changes is still not really certain, but it could help pinpoint the causes. The hippocampus, which is a small part of the brain that's vital for memory storage, appears to be smaller in some people with a history of depression than people who have no history of depression. Number two, genetics. Um, If you have family history of depression, it may increase your risk of being diagnosed with it. Sometimes it does run in the family. Um, You may have a higher chance if your parent is diagnosed with depression. Uh, Not a guarantee, of course, but definitely you're more at risk if you have people in your family who are dealing with it. And number three, number three, (laughs) environmental. Um, Unstable housing, crime, trauma, and abuse, these things all increase a person's risk of depression. I'm going to speak a little bit more on that later on. 
Okay, let's get into the clinical definition of depression as listed by the DSM-5. You must meet five out of the following nine criteria for a diagnosis of major depressive disorder. Number one, depressed mood most of the day, nearly every day, as indicated by your own report or observation made by others. So with this one, we're talking about, you know, you having feelings of sadness, emptiness, hopelessness, and this is throughout the entire day, um, nearly every day. So if you're feeling like that, that's a very clear indication of depression. Number two, diminish interest or pleasure in all or almost all activities, most of the day, nearly every day. Uh, This is also referred to as anhedonia. This is basically when you notice things that used to excite you, things you used to take pleasure in, you no longer have interest in anymore. Um, Things that, you know, you used to enjoy, uh, you're realizing that you're not really enjoying it anymore. Um, That's another indication. Number three, significant weight loss when not dieting or significant weight gain. And I'm not talking about like, you know, two or three pounds. I'm talking about like 10, 15 pounds in a short, a shorter period of time or a decrease or increase in your appetite nearly every day. Number four, insomnia, which means, you know, you're uh, not able to sleep or hypersomnia, meaning you're sleeping too much nearly every day. So if you find yourself um, consistently only getting like two, three hours of sleep uh, a night, even though you try, or on the opposite ends of the spectrum, if you're feeling like you're sleeping all day, you know, 13, 14 hours, um, and you're still constantly feeling tired, that is uh, a major sign for depression. Number five, psychomotor agitation or retardation nearly every day. Now, what the hell does that mean? Uh, I had to actually double check this for myself. (laughs) Uh, Psychomotor agitation is a feeling of restlessness that causes a person to make movements without meaning to. So if you're like constantly, you know, fidgeting, like tapping the table or like shaking your leg and you're not really meaning to, then that is an example of psychomotor agitation. Uh, This is also very common in people with anxiety and bipolar disorder. Um, And then the opposite psychomotor retardation involves a slowing down of thought and a reduction of physical movements. So if you feel like your, you know, your speech, um, your physical and emotional reactions are slowing down at a glacial pace, then um, that's another indication of depression. Number six, fatigue or loss of energy nearly every day. This one's pretty self-explanatory. You know, if you're constantly feeling sleepy or fatigued, you have no energy to do anything throughout the day, that is an indication of depression. Number seven, feelings of worthlessness or excessive or inappropriate guilt nearly every day. So uh, this is when you're you know, feeling worthless, or you're feeling guilty about something that may not necessarily be your fault. And you're feeling like this every day. That's an example of, um, that's a sign or symptom of depression. Uh, Number eight, diminished ability to think or concentrate or indecisiveness nearly every day. That's another pretty self-explanatory one. If you feel like, you know, you're trying to focus and you can't focus or you just 
really unable to make any decisions about even like very small things, that is an example of depression. And finally, recurrent thoughts of death, uh, not just fear of dying, but recurrent thoughts of actual death uh, and suicidal ideation with a specific plan and attempt or without a specific plan. Uh, this is when, you know, you're having feelings of wanting to hurt yourself. Um, and we're going to talk more about suicidal ideation uh, as we go along. But that's a major symptom of depression is if you're constantly f- uh, having feelings about, you know, not wanting to be alive or wanting to hurt yourself. Uh, like I said, we'll talk more about how to deal with those feelings. Also, I want to state that these symptoms have to cl- cause significant distress or impairment to uh, your life and other areas of functioning, like important areas of your life. Uh, some of the things I named might actually be kind of contradicting. Um, like, for example, whether you, uh, some people, you know, sleep a lot, some people sleep, uh, they struggle with sleep. It's important to remember that your depression is unique. So some people, um, you know, gain, they overeat and they gain weight. Other people like don't eat and they lose weight. So sometimes that's what makes it hard for us to diagnose depression. You really have to learn yourself as a person. How does depression affect you? Uh, let's also bring it back to the song, Everyday Struggle. What signs or symptoms do you think that Biggie expresses in the song? Um, some of the symptoms I think that he actually discusses are guilt, feelings, a lot of feelings of guilt and worthlessness, which he also continues on his uh, suicidal thoughts song. Um, he, he also clearly has the reoccurring thoughts of death and fatigue. So he's showing a lot of these symptoms in the song itself. So how does race factor into depression and everything that I've been talking about so far? So as we all know, historically, Black Americans have faced racism in different forms, in the form of oppression, violence, and dehumanization. And we've internalized this, and it has bled into our experience with the mental health system overall. There are a lot of different disparities, including in inadequate access to and delivery of care in the health system, and the historical trauma that we've all had to deal with, um, not only with individual trauma, with, you know, mass traumas coming from uh, this pandemic, for example, police brutality, and just a variety of other things, right? Um, furthermore, there's still a lot of stigma around getting help for mental illness. And when we do get help, Black mental health professionals are underrepresented in the field, and we're the ones who have been known to give the most effective care to Black clients. So because of these factors and more, Black people are more likely to experience chronic and persistent depression. And I want to talk about upbringing for a minute. Now, men deal with this, Black men in particular. From the time that they're boys, a lot of them have a deeply ingrained form of manhood that requires silence about your true feelings. They are taught not to show emotion. Uh, they have been conditioned to think that the ability to bear burdens alone is strength and crying or showing any emotion is considered weakness. You know, it's kind of a part of being masculine is that you're told to, you know, just suck it up and get over it. 
And black women too, you know, with the strong black women stereotype that we deal with, you know, we are taught to keep it moving, keep it moving, and that that is strength. But the reality is that we need healthy emotional expression and regulation. We need to learn how to fully embrace our emotions, all of them, and then practice a healthy way to release it. It's okay to cry, and in some circumstances, it's absolutely acceptable to cry. (laughs) In some cases, crying can be cathartic. And it's okay to feel pain, grief, anger, all of these things, especially as Black people. You know, we have a lot of things to be angry about in this country, right? Uh, One psychologist that I follow, Dr. Jennifer Mullen, talks about um, how the mental health field kind of diagnoses rage um, as like, you know, this inappropriate thing. But uh, she talks about honoring our sacred rage um, due to everything that we've been through in this country. And, you know, we have a lot of things to be angry about sometimes. And healthy emotional balance doesn't mean that you feel happy all the time. It's about releasing it in a healthy way. But a lot of people think, you know, logic good and emotions are bad. But we truly need a balance. We, we need to be able to uh, express our emotions and not bury them deep. Because not dealing with your emotions can lead to a defense mechanism. Now, remember that from my first episode. See, we're, we're building the blocks now. <laughs> Um, not dealing with your emotions can lead to another defense mechanism called repression. Repression is the unconscious blocking of unpleasant emotions and memories from your conscious mind. So basically taking any unwanted memories, unwanted emotions, and burying it deep, deep inside so it's in your subconscious mind. And if you try to repress trauma and you try to repress, you know, depression, it expresses itself in other more toxic ways. Untreated depression will come out in other ways that can be detrimental for you. You know, you may turn to other things to fill the void and escape the pain, like things like drugs, alcohol, food, even sex. And hypersexuality can be a trauma response, right? But depression is really the root of all of that in a lot of cases. So just remember, depression is not a weakness. You know, we've been taught one way, but now it's time to learn a different way. Strength is recognizing when you need help. Strength is taking your breaks, you know, and be kind to people because you never know what's going on with people. You know, you have to check on your strong friends Um, because those are the people who, you know, may be dealing with a lot beneath the surface. You deserve more than depression as your norm. You know, for some people, that's all they know, the everyday struggle, the uh, hamster wheel existence, right? But you deserve better than that. Um, Let's talk about some other lesser known symptoms of depression. All right, y'all. So let's talk about some lesser known depression symptoms. These are the symptoms that aren't talked about as much as the ones I mentioned earlier. First one is anger and irritability. For some people, it's not so much that they experience, uh, you know, sadness. They get like irritated or they get like very easily angered at certain things. So they may lash out at like relatively minor things or they're just being less patient with others or they're being like extremely angry at themselves 
you know, and that is that could be an indication of depression. Second one, digestive issues. Sometimes depression manifests itself physically. So, you know, you feel stomach discomfort for some people. And that could be like nausea and cramps and stuff. Of course, you want to go to your doctor first to make sure it's not something else going on. But yes, this is definitely a possibility that happens to people. The third one, feeling empty or numb. Um, that's pretty self-explanatory. Some people just have this feeling of emptiness in them, like they or numbness, like they they don't feel anything like or things that they used to enjoy, similar to what I was talking about above. They just uh, don't enjoy anymore. They feel numb. Uh, number four, and this is a pretty big one, forced happiness. Like people are joking and smiling, right? And humor can actually be a defense mechanism, y'all. Sometimes it indicates difficulty accepting and expressing emotions. So, you know, you say everything is fine or you make a joke out of everything. And let me tell y'all something. Black people, humor is a deep-seated defense mechanism for us. We're, let me tell y'all, we're on social media. We're hilarious. We're the most hilarious group of people. Like, that's why they call Black Twitter Black Twitter, because we're just wild. Like, our TikToks, we're just the funniest. But it's kind of like we laugh to keep from crying, you know? Um, and when you're dealing with a lot of trauma and you're really depressed, like, sometimes that expresses itself through jokes, you know, someone who's constantly joking and making a joke out of everything. And, um, you know, those same people, you know, they may look like they're bursting with energy in public and then then their home, they completely crash. And then they feel that debilitating, like loneliness and emptiness and sadness. That's why it's important to check on the strong friend, guys. Very important. Um, where was I at? Oh, number five. <laughs> um, putting off disorganization, like putting off certain chores. Um, you know, you know, I'm talking to you now, you know, when you have that pile of clothes in the corner of your bedroom and it's just been sitting there for a while and you have not folded it. You have not done laundry. <laughs> Sometimes that is an indication of depression. You know, if you're putting off trust for weeks and months and you just don't have the motivation to get to it, that can be a symptom of depression. Um, next hygiene issues. Sometimes people dismiss this as laziness, but it could indicate depression. Sometimes people who are severely depressed just don't have the motivation to do anything. And that could include, you know, taking care of themselves, like doing things like bathing and things like that. Um, yeah, it could be it could be an indication of very severe depression. And finally, this is another very important one. Being super busy or being a workaholic. Now. I'm not saying if you're about your business, you know, and you're trying, you're working hard to achieve a goal, like that's fine. I totally get that. But sometimes people are, they drowning themselves in their work to escape. They're struggling. They can't be alone with their thoughts. So they're distracting themselves from their own suffering by throwing themselves in work. They have issues being still and being alone with their thoughts. So that's what is kind of makes it like a depression symptom because um, you're throwing yourself into your work and it's not making you any happier. So keep all these things in mind. 
look out for some of these things in your family and friends. It may indicate something more serious is going on. All right, everyone, let's talk about different types of depression. Not only are there different levels of severity for depression, there's a lot of different forms of depression, like um, with different symptoms and that affect different people. Let's talk a little bit about those differences. Um, And let's start with seasonal affective disorder, because that is what is affecting a lot of people right now. So seasonal affective disorder, or SAD, um, y'all know this as seasonal depression, is a form of depression that's triggered by a change in the seasons. And I'm talking about the transition from autumn to winter, and it usually worsens during the winter. So this is when uh, changes in daylight, and you know, let's talk about daylight savings because how much uh, daylight are we trying to save? Like it is 4 p.m. and it's looking like midnight, and this happens every year, and I'm just amazed every year. Anyway, back to what I was saying. <laughs> Um, changes in daylight and shift in the weather can drain your energy or make you feel sad. That is a symptom of seasonal affective disorder. Um, and a lot of people find themselves getting a lot more depressed during these times. Experts aren't really sure why it happens, but they think that the seasonal changes disrupt the body's circadian rhythm and hormones, um, that regulate sleep and mood. So that's why a lot of people experience uh, certain symptoms of depression around this time. So that is seasonal affective disorder. Next one I'm going to discuss is postpartum depression. I'm sure y'all have heard this one before. Postpartum depression is a complex mix of physical, emotional, and behavioral changes that occur with people after they give birth. So we're talking about... um, the chemical changes that occur in a woman's body after she gives birth, um, because you know we're building up hormones during the pregnancy, and then after the pregnancy, uh, these hormones um, go down. So that postpartum period after give birth is a very sensitive time, and a lot of women experience uh, some of the depressive systems symptoms that I have discussed earlier, like lack of energy, feeling sad for a. a period of time, meaning all day, um, and in some severe cases, even suicidal ideation. That is postpartum depression. Next, I'm going to discuss psychotic depression. So uh, some people have a diagnosis of major depressive disorder with psychotic features. Now, what does that mean? That means that um, the mood disorder, which is the depression, is causing you to experience hallucinations, delusions, or paranoia. Now, what are hallucinations? Hallucinations can be visual auditory, meaning you can either see or hear things that are not there. Um, Delusions are false beliefs, and paranoia is wrongly believing that others are out to get you or they're trying to harm you. So in some cases, depression can cause these things. And that is what I mean by psychotic depression. Um, Later on, I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, psychotic disorders and psychosis. Next, I'm going to talk about uh, dysthymia, which is a low-grade persistent depression. This is sometimes referred to as a mild chronic depression. So this is kind of like 
You have fewer symptoms than major depressive disorder, but it can also linger for longer periods of time. And I'm talking like two years or longer. So it's like a low grade, um, long version of depression. And that is dysthemia. I want to speak uh, very briefly on systemic factors that influence the everyday struggle and contribute to our depression. A lot of times what gets ignored in this conversation is the external factors that contribute to our depression. I'm talking about poverty, homelessness, um, people who are unemployed or underemployed, poor health care, and much more. And even if you you know, work a decent job and you get paid, um, a lot of times like that money is never enough just for all the bills and other expenses in order for us to live a comfortable lifestyle. Capitalism keeps us focused on production above all else. So it's kind of like, I think I said this earlier, we're uh, on a hamster wheel and, uh, you know, we're just going through the motions. And who would not be depressed under these circumstances? You know, people who are dealing with um, homelessness and poverty, um, and you're constantly stressed, of course you're going to be depressed. These are the psychosocial factors that contribute to depression. Uh, suicide rates have been steadily increasing since the early 2000s, and we have to think about why. Why is that happening? Yes, I said that depression affects a lot of people, right? About 5% of the population. But if 20 and 30, 40 and more percentage of the population is depressed and then something is wrong. Like the math is not mathing. So we understand that being at a social disadvantage is associated with a higher risk of depression. Therefore, it's safe to say that we need more social programs and things to improve social conditions and that would improve our collective mental health. It's really simple. If we get paid more and our, uh, we have health care, and we have stable housing, and we're not worried about debt, and um, a variety of other things, then it's much easier to be mentally well. So we need to work toward fair social conditions for all. Um, we need to make sure everybody has enough food to eat, people have safe places to live, um, that we're making enough money, uh, the minimum wage needs to be raised everywhere, Um, that student debt and all things like that is eliminated. Um, And that, all of that uh, would improve our collective mental health. And um, these are the outside factors that, um, if changed, would just be better, uh, lead to better outcomes for everyone. Okay, everyone, Uh, this is a trigger warning. I'm going to get into a tough topic, which is suicidal ideation. This is a triggering topic, but I want to be honest about suicide. And I want to be real or we're not going to be able to heal. So let's go back to the chorus again of everyday struggle. I don't want to live no more. Sometimes I hear death knocking at my front door. A quick note about the song. The beat, the melody of the song is kind of light. It's like nostalgic, even upbeat in a way. But the lyrics are very dark and heavy. 
this is kind of an analogy for certain people who appear to be fine, but they're suffering internally and um, having thoughts of wanting to hurt themselves. Uh, One of the symptoms I named earlier of people with depression is having suicidal thoughts or having thoughts of wanting to hurt themselves. And this is not only for people diagnosed with uh, depression. This can happen to anyone, honestly. Um, There's a lot of different reasons why people would consider suicide. Um, They may think that it's things would be better if they were not around, that they are burdening everybody. Another reason is psychological pain. Sometimes people just want the pain to stop. Like they're, you know, they're so sad and they're hurting so bad that they think suicide is the only way out. Another reason is uh, anger internalized at yourself. Like you feel like you don't deserve to live. There's a lot of self-loathing in that one. Uh, this is the one that I think that Biggie is expressing most in the song Everyday Struggle and his other uh, song Suicidal Thoughts. Um, another reason is, uh, some people have an ideal picture of themselves and, um, they feel short of that expectation and then they develop a hopelessness or helplessness and they think that, um, you know, there's nothing, there's no other way to like help themselves. Like there's no reason to live if they cannot, if they have not reached that expectation of that ideal that they set. So there's a lot of different reasons. Um, Having suicidal thoughts is a lot more common than you may think. Uh, In 2019, suicide was the leading cause of death for Black people ages 15 to 24. It's also more common in men than women. So this is major. Um, But it also, it affects people from all walks of life. Um, Meaning, you know, all ages, all races, uh, rich people, poor people. I'm sure y'all know some celebrities who have committed suicide, right? So what do you do if someone close to you expresses these feelings of wanting to end it all? First, you want to be supportive and you want to be non-judgmental. You never want to say things like stop attention seeking or stop being a victim. Um, Worst thing to say. Uh, It takes a lot of courage for certain people to admit these things to you. So you always want to be a good listener and be supportive of them. Also, Asking someone about suicidal feelings does not give them the idea to do it. There's a misconception about that. In fact, asking someone has been shown to reduce suicide risk because open conversations help fight the stigma. And that's what we want to do. We want to be open, right? So when should you be concerned? These are these are the signs to look for. Um, if someone expresses that they want to, commit suicide. They have a plan and they have a means to carry out the plan. That's when you want to, you should be concerned and that's when you should call 911. So what do you do if you are listening to me now and you yourself have these feelings? Here are some things that you can do. Number one, you can make a crisis plan, also known as a safety plan. Uh, This is a plan that you keep safe and you change it as you need. It's something that you make before you're in crisis, ideally, but it's never too late to start. And you can have a friend or a support worker help you. And the point of a crisis plan is to think about things that will support you when you are in crisis and when you're feeling suicidal. You could make a list of things that uh, help you. 
um, meaning like write down the names of people who would be able to listen to you and are supportive. It may also include um, good things in your life, um, things that you are looking forward to, you can make a list of. And then some people even have a crisis box or a safety box, which is filled with items that make them feel better, like pictures, um, song lyrics, different things, right? That's an idea. Number two, be aware of triggers. So triggers are things that make you feel worse. And you want to try to avoid that, plain and simple. Um, You don't want to, you know, put yourself in a mind space to make you feel worse, right? Number three, safe spaces, uh, which simply put is a place where you feel safe. So this could be your bedroom. It could be like a library or bookstore. That would be like a safe space for me. Uh, for some people who are spiritual, it could be church. So find one of those spaces and get to that space. Number four, talk to others. A lot of times you may feel like a burden, but you're not. I know your loved one would rather hear you be open and talk about your issues. So talk to somebody who you trust. And if you feel like you really don't have anyone, then you can call a hotline. So National Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. For people who are interested, I'm planning on doing another episode strictly on suicide in the near future. And I want to talk more about this in uh, more detail and want to get a little deeper into it. But I really want to bring people on to discuss it, um, discuss if they're open enough to do it, discuss their suicidal thoughts and how they dealt with it. So if you're interested, please email me or send me a message on my site. If you want to talk, my website is hiphopistherapy.com or reach out on my social medias. Thanks so much. So dealing with depression, how do we cope with these feelings? Um, And when it comes to dealing with depression, think about this. What is in my control? What can I do to combat this? I'm going to go over some things that may help. Number one, challenge negativity. I struggle with this one, too, because my mind is always going into a negative place. (laughs) So challenge negative beliefs about yourself and then be open minded to other ways of perceiving yourself and alternate ways of thinking. You know, if you feel a negative thing about yourself, explore evidence against that negative belief. Um, It gets easy with practice. Everything takes time, right? Number two, forgive yourself for your mistakes gotta be kind to yourself y'all there is only one life to live we we are oftentimes very hard on ourselves you have to forgive yourself for not making the right call on something that happened in the past that you now know is wrong hindsight is 2020 right so practice grace with yourself check on yourself emotionally every day and see how you're feeling and be open to forgiveness. Number three, find a creative outlet. A lot of people do this um, who are naturally creative people, but it's always good to explore different things like painting or other artistic endeavors, writing or journaling, making things, drawing, you know, find something 
creative to do that will help you like express your feelings. A lot of times people say that is therapeutic for them. Number four, getting active. So, you know, some people are the type of people who they wake up early, they're up at 5 a.m. in the gym and child more power to them because it just it just ain't me. <laughs> um, but get it active, being physical, it really does work. It really does release endorphins, which make us feel good. And with some people, depression is hard to just get out of bed. But, you know, small steps, you know, walking, find some kind of physical activity that you do enjoy because you will not feel motivated to do it if you don't like it. So for me, that was biking. I started um, riding my bike again, and that helps me. But, um, you know, look into different things. Like on Groupon, there's plenty of yoga and Pilates and kickboxing things. Look, if you're interested, look into stuff like that because it really does help. Number five, self-care. Put yourself first. Sometimes, you know, if you're not in headspace for something, that is okay. Um, cancel those plans <laughs> and stay in if you feel like it, you know? Then, you know, quit your job, uh, travel the world, and just pack up and become a nomad. No, seriously. Um, <laughs> give yourself a spa day, relax. You know, take time to yourself. Self-care is extremely important. Number six, avoid toxic positivity. Now, I know some of y'all are like, what the hell does that mean? Toxic positivity sounds like um, an oxymoron. That doesn't make sense. Toxic pos- positivity. Let me give you an example. Um, if uh, you're feeling some depression and you're going through something extremely traumatic and someone is like, oh, just cheer up. Oh, just think positive, you know? These are kind of empty statements and it minimizes a person's suffering and it dismisses their struggle and it invalidates their feelings. You know, it's not good. If you have a friend who's going through it, you know, saying, oh, just be positive or someone else has it worse. These are like some of the worst things that you can say. Here's what you can say instead if somebody is depressed or going through it. You can say, if they're not doing okay, you can say, you know, if you're not okay, I'm here to listen to you. And then really listen, non-judgmentally. Or you can say, I understand depression is draining. If you don't want to talk, we can still spend time together. These are better things to say to somebody who is dealing with someone who's going through a depressed time. And number seven, if you've tried all of these things and none of them really works for you, no one is time to get professional help. There is nothing wrong with that. No one, it's time to talk to a therapist, see a psychiatrist. And if you need medication, there's no shame in it. Remember, depression is not a weakness. There is strength in getting the help that you need. And you know, all of this is a process. It may not work tomorrow, but it it gets easier with time. I promise y'all. y'all so I'm gonna end it there I hope that this episode helped y'all identify the signs and symptoms of depression and consider what to do if you're going through it or if you have family or friends that are also going through it let's remember that everyone is facing a different struggle that they may not show so be kind 
If you are listening, you are loved, you are worthy, and you are needed. Things get better. Get the help and the support that you need. And that's all, y'all. Happy Thanksgiving to all of my listeners who celebrate that. Happy family time if you don't celebrate. (laughs) Um, Please, I would be ever so grateful if you guys would support the podcast at anchor.fm slash hip hop therapy that is anchor.fm slash hip hop therapy there there's a link on how to support the channel a small donation from you guys like as little as a dollar of a month a month can really help me so much with bringing you guys great content I have more episodes coming very soon once again I apologize for being away for so long um what did Kendrick say on family ties new flows come and be patient brother <laughs> until next time hip hop therapy heads bye and that's just how the shit go in the struggle motherfucker